Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. everyone and welcome to here for the right reasons us weekly's bachelor podcast i am your host sarah heron and i have a very special friday episode of here for the right reasons you're not just going to hear me give the headlines which is one of my favorite things to do but i was lucky this week to get to talk to ali fedotowski you know her as the bachelorette from season six and ali gave me all her thoughts on things that are happening in bachelor nation so i didn't have to do it by myself we talked about the chris harrison not returning to paradise news We talked about Katie's season. We talked about Blake Moynes coming back on the season. And of course, we talked a little bit about what Allie's up to living in Nashville. And she played Bachelor Regrets. And we talked a little bit about her season. And it was a really fun conversation that I hope you enjoy. But I also caught up with the woman behind the Bachelor Data Instagram account. If you guys aren't following her, I don't know what you're doing. She tracks all the following of everyone on the show, their Instagram followings, who's, you know, who blows up, who loses followers, when and where. And we got into a lot of the data about the ages of Katie's contestants, their hometowns, and how that compares to the last couple seasons. And she shared a lot of really fun stats. So I think you're going to enjoy both of those conversations. But first, here's my chat with Allie. So tell me about this partnership and why you loved each and every, because I feel like we've been talking about this before. I probably, I mean, I personally have used each and every deodorant for years. Um, I am a huge proponent of natural deodorant. Like I, I, you should not be putting aluminum under your arms, go natural. Your body wants to use natural deodorant. Like some people like to say like, Oh, well, natural deodorant doesn't work. And I like to say to them, one, you're using the wrong natural deodorant one. And two, you have to let your body adjust to it. So I've been using each and every for years. I mean, it's paraben free. It doesn't have like synthetic fragrances. Um, you can get unscented, scented. The scents are so nice. So I've been using it forever. And so when this partnership came up to make my own kit, not only get it discounted because it's a bundle, but then also give my followers a discount code on top of that. I was like, absolutely no question. Like I want my followers. Like I care about my followers. I want them to use natural deodorant and this stuff works. So like if you've tried all of the ones in the past and you're like, it doesn't work for me, you just, you're using the wrong one. So you have to use each and every, it's so good. And um, actually <laughs> I have these little cards right here. I, Molly, so I signed uh, a thousand of these cards um, and wrote notes. I would probably say I'm like 300 of them. Like um, I really, really, really wanted the people getting the kit to feel like they got something from me. Um, cause this is just important to me and I, I want them to feel that way too. So I've been like zooming with people who get it being like, how do you like it? Like literally zooming with my followers. Oh, excuse me. And even Molly, Molly signed probably like 50 of them. Oh, I didn't ask her to, she was like seeing me do it. And she's like, I want to do it. And then even at one point I had to be like, honey, you need to leave room 
for me because she was like writing all over the cards. But so, yeah, so I, I love it and I'm passionate about people using it. And it works. If you don't already use it, you should be using it too. I should be using it. Does, does Molly know like why people want mommy's opinions on stuff like this and that she's an influencer and was the bachelorette and all that stuff no she doesn't get it yet like mm -hmm. the other day i was looking at uh a friend of mine her name's clea she's part of the uh instagram or she her company is the home edit and they do like the rainbows on their uh page they like love decorating in rainbow like theme and molly loves rainbows so i like opened up the home edits instagram page it was like showing molly and i was like molly this is clea our friend clea her instagram and like she loves rainbows just like you and she's like how are you on her instagram like she doesn't even understand okay. she knows mom has an instagram because i talk about it sometimes but yeah. she doesn't like even understand what instagram is or how it works she will soon though i have no doubt <laughs> i'm sure they get earlier and earlier right do you have a favorite um each and every scent that you use do you use the unscented or do you like the i love the scents like i know some people i have my father-in-law using the unscented because he doesn't he's a person who just doesn't care for scents and he loves it me, I love the rose and vanilla. I mean, maybe it's the bachelorette in me. I don't know, but, but I just love that scent. It's so, it's like, I love the scent of rose when it's very subtle, when it's like subtle and fresh, when it's rose and like very over the top florally, it smells like synthetic, right? Mm -hmm. But this is like just such a nice, fresh scent. It's so wonderful. So that's probably my favorite one. And I have read before that it does take your body like a second to adjust sometimes when you switch mm -hmm. to natural deodorant. How long, like what is that period you should give yourself to get would, the adjustment going? So I would say like the initial adjustment for me probably was like a month to two months. I never smelled like the, I will say that like using it right away, I never smelled, right? Like deo the, it's deodorant. It takes care of the, the smell of body mm -hmm. odor. Um, I think for me, the sweating part is where you need, your body needs to detox your body, our bodies, you know, growing up in the nineties and not even thinking about what we're putting on our skin. Right. I mean, no natural products, like wasn't even a thing then, you no, know, everything was the most like artificial that it could be. They were going the other way. I feel like. Exactly. It's funny. Like my mom used to take me to like a co-op to get groceries and like a co-op is like very, uh, just like natural, everything. Like, you know, we never had sweets growing up. Like it was always like a fruit leather is what they were called, not mm -hmm. like a fruit roll up. So my mom was, used to always do that, but it like wasn't a thing back then for the majority of people. So we've been using aluminum for so long that our body is so used to that, that they don't, mm -hmm. our body doesn't understand. Like hundreds of years ago, people weren't putting aluminum under their armpits. You know what I mean? But your body naturally, naturally will stop sweating less and now I, I barely sweat at all. Like your body just adjusts on its own. So you need something that's really good to handle the body odor. That's each and every. And then your body will also adjust with time. You just have to give it time. And I stand by the fact I've tried every single one under the sun, I feel like. And I really, truly believe each and every is the best one. There you go. There's your testament. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Katie. I feel like you were a champion of Katie to be a bachelorette or continue her journey in Bachelor Nation when Matt's season was airing. Is that correct? Absolutely. I've been a super fan of Katie since day one. I love that she just took a stand against bullying. And I think that's so hard to do on that show because on that show in the past, it's been frowned upon to talk to the lead, right? To talk to the bachelor or the bachelorette about the drama in the house. It's been frowned upon. Usually if you do that, you get sent home or you mm -hmm. get dragged into something or, you know, so 
what I love that she didn't care about that. And she was like, I'm, I'm going to, because it's the right thing to do. And this is getting out of hand and he needs to know what's going on. Like, I just feel like the way she went about it was so mature. It was commendable. I think it could have gone the opposite way for her. And she probably knows that like everyone going on the show pretty much at this point has watched it before. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I'm sure she knew that there was a chance that would backfire in her, but she wanted to put the mental health of others first. And I think that is amazing. I love her. And what do you say to contestants who would say, oh, she was just like not trying to get attention or the women who get so offended by the women, other women or men, whoever it is, whether it's bachelor, bachelorette, it's filling in the lead. Because if I was the lead, I would want to know what was going on. So why do people get so offended by that? I don't know. Like there's this thing in in the bachelor world, like focus on your own relationship. Right. But Mm -hmm. like, I remember even saying as the bachelorette, like, because I knew what was going behind the scenes when I was on the bachelor. So when I was a bachelorette, I would say to the guys, like, be real with me, tell me what's going Like, I wanted to know, like I flat out told them, I don't think it really aired, but I would say to them, like, if something's going on the house, come and tell me, I want to know, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know why it's so, so frowned upon. Yeah. I wonder if it's more producer frowned upon because then like everything Probably. gets out there. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. They want it to like happen organically. Maybe. I don't know. Um, or they like the drama in the background because we all love watching it. It's why we yeah. tune in. It's why it's such a popular show. It's fun to see. I mean, it's sad to say not when it gets so bad as it did on that season where it was like mental health, but like a little like drama, like, we all, we all, that's why the show is so popular. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. the difference with Matt's season is it really was reaching a point of like extreme bullying and affecting people's mental health. And I think that was why Katie saw that and was like, nope, I'm going to do something about that. So I love her. I can't wait to see like her put the guys in their place and like not stand for anything. And like, if guys are mean to each other, I guarantee she's going to be like, get out of here. I don't stand for that. And I think she's going to be an amazing bachelorette. I agree. And this season will also see Tasha and Caitlin sort of guiding her. Um, is that something you felt like maybe you would have benefited from as a bachelorette, having past leads like right there? Or were you good? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's almost, it's funny. I wonder, I guarantee that they didn't get time with her off camera. Because if they got time with her off camera, their advice might be a little bit different. Um, so that would be interesting if they did, at least without, without like a producer around or something. But yeah, I mean, just to have somebody who's been through it before, you know, like I think like I give the same advice to every bachelor or bachelorette if they ask for it. I always say the same thing. I say, figure out who you like right away like day one and ignore them, like ignore them. And you need someone in the moment telling you that. So it's probably good if like Tasha and Caitlin were there, hopefully to give her these, uh, this advice in the moment you forget. Right. Yeah. But like ignore them because they're going to be there, right. They're going to be there week two, three later. And I mean, don't completely ignore them. I'm not saying play hard to get, but like, don't focus, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Cause that's what I did. I put all my eggs in two baskets in my season. And in the end, I feel like that really hurt me because I wasn't able to really get to know some of the other guys that maybe if I had given it a little bit of time, something could have happened, you know, but I sent them home because I was so laser focused on like my top two. So mm-hmm. that's my advice for every bachelor. And I'm sure Tasha and Caitlin gave her just the best advice. The whole I, was, I was going to ask you, what's one thing you wish you knew before you started that you know now, but is it that? It's that. It is that, I think. Yeah. Um, And and the other thing I wish I knew is not to take it so seriously. Like, Mm -hmm. I 
it is serious. You're looking for a husband, right? But I took it so like crazy seriously that I don't feel like I had fun. Like I was just so, this is my life and I need to find love. And I was just like so laser focused on that, that like I didn't enjoy when we were in Istanbul, Turkey, and I didn't enjoy the experience the way I really should have. So, but the thing is, it's easy to give someone that advice. It's like the type of thing, it's like giving kids advice or teenagers advice. They're not going to listen. They need to live and grow up and experience it. So it's almost like, I wish someone gave me that advice, but at the same time, I don't know that I would have listened to that advice. Fair. Um, Obviously, Caitlin and Tasha, I think great dynamic. It's going to be cool. But that does mean no Chris Harrison. I just came out that he also won't be back for Paradise. Um, Yeah, uh, it just came out. Yes, last night. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that situation? Do you do you think they need him or? I think that Chris needs what Chris needs. You know, I think if anything, Chris has a lot of say in whether or not he comes back or not, you know, like I'm sure I know his relationship with the producers and the executive producers. And it's a very close relationship. This isn't like a, you're not coming back even though you want to, at least I don't think so. I think Chris is probably saying like, this is, I need to work on me and I need to like step back. I need to educate myself. I need to grow. I need to take a step back from my own mental health. I think for Chris's mental health, he probably needs to take a step back because um, of what happened. Uh, So I guarantee that's a collaborative decision. I don't think like a lot of people out there are saying, you know, don't watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because they're not having Chris on. I don't think it's that simple. I think that Chris doesn't want to come back yet. That's my opinion. Um, I think Chris will be back. I do. I I, I do think Chris will be back. you know, Chris made a mistake, a big mistake and needs a lot of growth. But I know, like, I feel like he'd be committed to that growth to come back. If they ever called you to host an episode or help host a bachelorette season or be a rotating paradise host, because we're hearing it's going to be like rotating celebs and stuff. Yes. Would you ever go in and dip your toes in the hosting? I know you hosted on E and stuff after you. Yeah. I mean, yes. Like it'd be super fun, you know, but then again, like my immediate reaction was like, oh my gosh, yes, I'd love to. But then again, I'm such a, like, I hate being away from my kids. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I could do it. Like, I don't like, if it was like a one day thing or even like a week, not even a week, a two day thing, maybe like I've never been away from my kids more than one night, maybe two nights, actually two nights. So I don't know. (laughs) We also know on this season, Blake Moynes is going to be coming back after his Tasha, uh, Kate Claire stint on the show. And I know last season, Heather came back and that was kind of a disaster. Do you have any thoughts on the, like bringing back the old contestants and throwing them in? He was in Claire Tasha. I didn't see. He was in Claire Claire Tasha. Okay. And I need to, I've seen every season ever since I was on the show. And like, I, you missed a good one. I feel like it's like, rude that I haven't seen their season. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're my girls and they're part of my little bachelorette family. I need to go watch. I'm going to like make it a priority to watch. Um, it just, when that was happening, we were in the middle of a cross country move. So I just, things were crazy. Um, but people coming back, um, I don't think people should come back. I think at that point you've had sort of the opportunity. I mean, whatever, if you want to come back, sure. Come back. The problem with people coming back is that you've already been on the show and you understand the attention that you get on the show. You understand the celebrity that you get from the show. And you're kind of like, whoa, this is cool. This is awesome. And I feel like your motivation for going back on would be disingenuous at that point. You know what I mean? Like if you really liked this person, especially if it's a person who was like in the bachelor world way in the past, you know, around for a while, 
then I feel like, you know, make your move right after the show or make the right. move while the show's airing. And maybe people are, maybe they are like sliding into people's DMs. I'm yeah. too old to be saying that. Um, <laughs> <No>. But <laughs> maybe they are and then like they can't get a hold of them or whatever. I mean, who knows? But it's just so much better when it's just fresh, you know, yeah. like that's like the magic of the show or something. I feel like it, it can never really work the other way. Cause either they're talking before the show started and they already have a relationship. And that, in that case, the person shouldn't have been the lead in the first place, probably. <laughs> um, or maybe they want to see what, whatever. I mean, I don't know. People like it's do messy. It. <laughs> yeah, it's messy. Do what you want, but it, it is complicated when they bring in past people. We saw it. I mean, Nick Vile made it pretty far with Caitlin and they had like a whole thing, but it's also like if she wanted to be with him, they probably shouldn't have been, she could have been with him on the side. The same thing with if Blake, well, I don't know. It's interesting. It's good drama, but I sometimes think it's like a little forced when they bring people back. Yeah. If this, I will say this, like I'm trying to put myself in that position. Let's just say when I was asked to be the bachelorette, I was kind of talking to somebody on the side um, from another season, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't turn down the opportunity to be the bachelorette because I kind of been talking to somebody on Instagram. Right. And then if that person ended up coming on the show, like that would be cool. I'd probably be excited about that, but I'm not going to like totally ignore the other relationship. So I guess, I guess that's the only answer. You know what I mean? There is no good answer. It's like either yeah. way. I don't know. Um, you mentioned your big move. How is Nashville? You did say, you know, maybe a little bit of a difficult transition at first. How are you guys doing now? Well, I'm currently planning our move out of Nashville. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> My allergies are so bad right now. That's part of the reason I was late for this interview. Um, like my, I just can't think clearly right now. Oh. Like I living in California, I mean, I had allergies a little bit when I was a kid, but living in California, you're so spoiled. It's so dry there. And with the ocean, like nearby, I didn't have any allergies. Like I, like if I like had a little sniffle in the spring, I'd be like, Oh, my allergies here. Like I have to pop my ears every 30 seconds or I can't hear properly. I'm so stuffed up through here. I'm surprised I haven't blown my nose yet during this conversation. Sorry, that's gross. But they're <laughs> so bad. So dealing with that, I'm going to go see an allergist. So that's been hard. But the transition in general has been hard. You know, like I knew it would be hard. Like I knew when we made the choice to move, it wasn't going to be easy. Everything, mm -hmm. I did a lot of research. Everything I read, like said it takes up to two years to fully acclimate to a new place. Um and especially moving during the pandemic that really like Kevin and I keep saying our two years really just started, right. even though we've been here for six months because we can't count that six months where we were stuck in our rental house. It's not even our, our place, you know, it's other people's furniture and things. And it doesn't, it's like an Airbnb, you know? Um, so once we like get into our own home, like we feel like that's, that's really when it starts for us. Cause at the end of the day, like I could send you to like a beautiful, like this is a beautiful house, right? Like I could send you to a beautiful house and a beautiful place, but if you're there six months and you have any of your things, except for like your clothes and your suitcase, and you're like, eventually you're yeah. going to just say, I'm going to go home. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I'm excited to make our home. And I feel like once we do that, it's going to be so much better. And I think I'm going to be working with you guys to do like a reveal of the house. It's really yes. excited about it. It's pretty. Very exciting. <laughs> how is the house? What I saw you posted a little sneak peek recently. I know your followers are watching your journey. How is like the construction process? Is that more stressful than you thought it would be or better? Well, we bought a house, like a spec home. Like we bought a house that's being built and we're in contract for it, but we don't own it yet. So it's okay. not like buying a piece of land and then building from scratch. So if anything, the hard part has been like, not being able to like 
make changes or like, you know what I mean? Like the builder was great and let us make a bunch of changes, but like, it's a construction zone. We can't just show up because that's a liability for him. You know what I mean? So like, I'm like, Oh, I want to go see the house. And I, so I feel like just the waiting game has been the hardest. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to be so beautiful and I'm excited. And, um, yeah, it's just, I can't wait. But then I heard once we move in furniture right now is like backlogged, like lumber's backlog, excuse me, furniture. I'm like, are we even going to be able to furnish the place? We might be like living on like blow up furniture for a while because nothing's in stock. It's going to feel so sweet when it's finally done. Whenever that is, you're going to appreciate everything so much more. So much. So, 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 so much. It's my girlfriend lives here in Nashville and they've been in Airbnb for three years looking for their home. They finally just bought land in our building. And she would always say to me, I was like, how do you like Nashville? Because she moved here and she's like, I like it, but... I don't have my own home yet, like my space. And by home, it doesn't matter if you have a 500 square foot apartment or a 10,000 square foot home. Like home is home, wherever mm-hmm. that is. Like one of my favorite places I ever lived was a 500 square foot apartment in Hollywood. And it was, I always said, whenever I went home, like all my things were there and I was so proud of all my things. And whenever I went in, it felt like a warm hug, like just a cozy little space. And um, it's just weird being in a, like a place. It's none of your stuff, none of your furniture, like other pictures of other people's kids on the walls. Like, I'm like, I'm just, I just want to be home. And I know that's like a very first world problem to have, right, but, but you know, I know real. I'll just, I'll feel more uh, when I have that. <laughs> I know they're young, but did the kids like Nashville? <sighs> Molly misses her swimming pool. <laughs> so the kids do like Nashville. Actually, Riley thinks our house, like our rental house is Nashville. He's like, whenever we're out and about, he's like, I want to go home to Nashville. We're in Nashville. Like he doesn't understand. We keep trying to explain it to him. Um, Molly misses the ocean. Molly's a fish. Like my daughter, Molly, she loves to swim. So she misses the ocean and the pool. And we're hoping maybe we'll have a pool at our new house, but we don't know. So it's been a little bit of a adjustment for her and they also have allergies. So they've been feeling like a little, ugh. and so we're trying to get those under control. So, but I've heard allergies are like worst ever this year for everywhere. Everything's the worst ever. I'm hoping, I know, I'm hoping it's not this bad always. So we'll see. Um, I saw on Instagram, you hanging out with Jana Kramer and Sinead Grimes. So you got some like cool Nashville mom friends going on. How did you guys all connect? Yeah. Well, Jana, we, I knew in LA. So Jana, okay. Jana would like come to, she came to my daughter's birthday party. I went over a place for wine, but like, we like just started to become friends right before she moved to Nashville. And I remember when I would like meet up with her at the farmer's market in LA, uh, she would be like, you've got to move to Nashville. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny that now we've moved to Nashville. Um, but Jana's the best. She's the type of person who like, one of my favorite things about Jana is she is the type of person who invites people in. So like, if she sees somebody, you know, I actually posted a quote on my Instagram the other day, like be the type of girl that like makes room for another girl to have a seat at the table. That's the type of person Janet is. Like she will just like see somebody over there by themselves. Like, Hey, come hang out with us. We'll make room for you. Like, I love her. Um, and Janae, yeah, I just met here. We like, you know, connected on Instagram and I went up to her house and, uh, visited my kids and her kids and we hit it off and she's awesome. So yeah, it's, Jenna and Shanae actually live pretty far away from me. It's like a 30 minute drive, um, which is a bummer. I'm like, oh, should we move up there now? Um, but, but yeah, they're great. I'm super, super grateful to have them here. I mean, Jana's obviously very open about everything she's going through and in life in general. And um, have you been a support system for her and everything going on in her life? I try to be, you know, I check in with her and whatever she needs. And I, you know, she's a resilient person, you know, and she has the best heart. And I just keep telling her like, 
the best is yet to come, you know, like I just, you know, I know the best is yet to come for her and I will be there for her whenever she needs something. And, you know, we'll have wine nights and girls sleepovers. <laughs> I had my first sleepover in a long time with her the other day. I was very oh. excited. I was like, Oh, we get to like have wine. We were playing Yahtzee on her floor. I'm like, this is the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know she's going to, everything's going to turn out. It's going to be brighter, tough days ahead, but brighter days ahead. For sure. Um, before I let you go, I have this mini game called Bachelor Regrets if you're down to play. It's nothing ah, crazy. Okay. Do it. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and you tell me if you have any regrets and you can expand or not expand however you want to do it. Um, the first one, kind of a big one. Do you have any fashion regrets from your time in Bachelor Nation, Allie? Everything. <laughs> Everything I wore was, I like look back at some of the dresses that like other girls wore, even before me, because it's not, people always say like, oh, well, it was, the, it was the time. I'm like, no. I look at like Jillian, her dresses are beautiful that she wore before me, Deanna, and like even Ashley or Bear right after me. And then I look at mine and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, and it's not even just the outfits. It was like, I had yellow hair. It wasn't blonde. It was yellow. Um, my eyebrows were waxed so thin. That was, that was a time. That was the though. time. So was the yellowish hair. That was more, that was more into. That was more in then too. But yeah, I, I was such a tomboy when I was about to write. Like I barely ever wore dresses, heels, makeup, anything. And then to go from that, like wearing just like, jeans, sneakers, and t-shirts every day to like being the bachelorette was a really tough transition for me. So I didn't know what I was doing fashion wise. I'm the worst, but I'm the worst dressed bachelorette there ever was. You're declaring yourself that? Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no competition. This is not a good competition for me to be winning, but I'm winning this competition. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, do you regret any hot tub moments during your time in Bachelor Nation? No, I didn't have that many steamy hot tub moments, honestly. I wish I had more, but no. <laughs> Go back. Um, do you regret sending any men home too soon or too late? Yeah. You know, one person I regret sending home, you might not remember him, but his name was Jason. Uh, Jason with an R. He kind of in, I can't Ramirez or something. I can, no, I don't, that's not it. But anyway, I sent Jason him home, I think, R. night one. And then afterwards, I kind of was like friendly with him as like a friend. Like after, I'm like, you seem like a really cool person. Um, yeah. So I kind of regretted that decision um, then. Not because I think we would have ended up together. I just thought he was a nice person. Um, but other than that, no, I don't. I don't regret anything. Do you regret leaving Jake's season to go back to your job? No. <laughs> that is a hard no. Um, no, Jake and I would never have been right for each other. Um, in fact, like after the show, I was like kind of like, you know, week out thinking what? I, I wanted to go back at first because my job was letting me. And then after I like had a chance to sit with it, I'm like, did I really even like him? Or did I think that I liked him because of the show? So that was one of my biggest fears being the bachelorette is that like these guys were going to think they liked me, but not because when I went home, I was like, I didn't, we had nothing. Like, what was that? So I think that's a big fear for a lot of people on the show. Cause you're so like the bachelor, the bachelor, yeah. he's a God, he's amazing. He's so handsome. He's the best catch in the world. And that's like constantly flooding you all day long. So you're like, even if you're not interested at first, you're like, wait a second, I should be interested, you know? So it's yeah, like no, love versus lust for sure. Yeah. Um, do you regret, so your season re-aired last year, obviously, and it was kind of, you know, got attention again and you revealed that you and Frank dated post-show. Do you regret that revelation? No, no. And we didn't really date. We went like on a date, like on a <laughs> date. And I like, I adore Frank to this day. Like I said from the get-go, Frank was my type when the producers <laughs> asked me what my type was. And then Frank was there and he was my type. And I ended up marrying my husband who was like, 
pretty similar. They're pretty similar. They're both from Chicago. They got this quirky vibe going. So no, I don't regret anything with him, but we definitely like, and we're not meant to be together for sure. So, um, it all worked out the way it was supposed to, or I guess you have to say that, right? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it's like those kids, you know, um, did you hear from Roberto at all after the season aired again? I don't know. Let me look at my phone. <laughs> a live check my text messages. Because um, I know Frank did like did an interview with the show, but I know he kind of was MIA. Oh yeah, we did. Oh yeah, I just wrote him and like said I respect his decision not to be on the show because he decided not to be and just said I hope everything's going well and he just wrote back and said yeah, I'll never forget it. It was a special time for me, but I'm sort of doing my own thing. So yeah, we did. That's so cute. We, like once, once in a great while, like every couple years, I feel like we'll send each other a text or something. It's been a while, but when the show reared, that was the last time. And, um, you know, I still, I'm still friends with his dad on Facebook, you know, there's like yeah. no animosity there or anything. And his dad actually the other day posted a picture of him and his brother. I'm like, Oh, he looks good. I hope he's doing well. I feel like the bachelor breakups keep getting messier and messier. So you're lucky that you have a normal, like, whatever. I know, <laughs> um, obviously not with each and every, but do you regret any sponsored ads you did over the last, you know, however many years you've been influencing us? Um, yeah, I did this tea once a mm-hmm. long time ago. I'm not going to say brand. It was a long time ago and I don't regret it because I actually really liked the tea. Um, but I think anything that claims like reducing, bloat and making your stuff like I just I don't believe that like I, I, I for instance I am a huge proponent of like strength right like being strong and working out and all that but like like drink this so your stomach looks flatter like I don't think I said that but like I think maybe I like reference blow and like to me that's just not what I'm about now but I think I was about it then then I was more insecure I mean this was like probably nine years ago. I was more insecure before kids and I did want my stomach to be a little less bloaty and it did make me less bloaty. So it's weird. I regret it now, but I wouldn't have regretted it back then because that was more who I was back then, I guess. But no, I like am very, very, very particular to only represent and share and work with brands that I love. Like I turn down things all the time. I'm sure. Easy money, see, you know, too. online and being promoted. I'll even turn down things I like. Like, like the other day, a brand asked me to work with them. It was like a um, hair brush thing. I actually used it today. <laughs> I used it to get ready for this interview. I was sweating after my workout. And I was like, oh, my blow dryer brush. And I love it. It works. I use it. But they were advertising the price so expensive and then saying 50% off. And I said to them, I was like, I feel like that's disingenuous. Like, I feel like that's a little misleading. And I don't want, even though I love your product, like, mm-hmm. I don't really feel comfortable doing that. So I turn down stuff all the time. Only work brands I love. The best of the best. Good for you. <laughs> and the last one is, do you regret not going on any other Bachelor spinoffs? I think it would have been Bachelor Pad over Paradise at the time, but... No, no. <laughs> one, um... I feel like the Bachelor spinoffs back then were a lot different than they are now. Back then it was like Bachelor Pad and making money and they were a little bit more like mean, I think, right? Like people kind of getting at each other and fighting. I feel like Bachelor in Paradise now is amazing and more about love. And I love Bachelor in Paradise. Me too. So if I were on now, I still don't think I would, but the only reason I wouldn't like meaning I was single or whatever is that like, I've never been at least after being a mom is the only time I've been secure in my body. Like back then I was never secure in my body and being in swimsuits and all that. I think that would have been too much for me. Honestly, I don't think that mentally my mental health would have been able to 
take that on. So I don't think I would, if I like was super confident before kids with my body and everything. Yeah. I think it would be fun to go on bachelor in paradise, but Again, now I am, but now I have kids and I'm married. So it'd be weird if I went on that term. <laughs> That's why you could be one of the rotating hosts. <laughs> yes, I will do that. And I will, I will wear my bikini and show my mom bod to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Allie. You're always so fun to talk to. Thank you. So thank nice you to so talk much. to you. You too. I am joined now by the brain behind Bachelor Data, the most popular Instagram account these days, I feel like, within Bachelor Nation. Can you introduce yourself to the Here for the Right Reason listeners? Hey, thanks for having me. My name is Susanna Summers, and I run Bachelor Data. I am an educator and technology director by day, and by night, a Bachelor Data, all things enthusiast. And what made you start this account? Were you calculating these things on your own for fun and then wanted to share them? Okay, so I had just landed my first technology director role. I was 26, 27, and I was like, okay, it's time for me to learn like how to really use spreadsheets. But nothing sounded worse at the time than taking an Excel class. And everyone that I found, it just seemed so dry, so boring. So I was like, you know what? Colson season is going to be starting, you know, next month. So why don't I start tracking some of the Instagram follower accounts for the women on a spreadsheet? And then I can start learning how to do different things. And at the time I was posting a lot on Reddit and it was just so exciting because I was posting all this interesting data and people were all so excited about it. And about a month before the pandemic hit us, I started the Instagram account and had all these big hopes and dreams. And then um, things are a little rough for us in education for a few months there, but then when Claire season started, I picked it back up and it just has become such a passion and like it's a passion project that just invigorates my day whenever I come home from work and I'm exhausted. I mean, Bachelor Reddit is a scary place, but it's where it all goes down. So I, that makes <laughs> sense. That tracks. Well, it actually, and it's like any place in the internet, right? Like, Instagram can be great. Facebook can be great, but they can also be pretty bad. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes, I think, for Reddit as well. But every time I posted, you know, I, I, one of the first graphics I posted, it was just a screenshot of a spreadsheet with red and green, you know, red growth, red or green growth, red decrease. And then somebody popped in and it was like, hey, I'm actually red, green, colorblind. And it's one of the biggest colorblind um, color combinations that impacts up to 8% of men. So oh. people are like popping in to teach me things about color theory and all these interesting things of just me sharing my data. So it's, it, it can be a pretty cool place where people are sharing their own knowledge and experiences to help you. Wow, that is nice. That's a lovely spin. See, I'm the pessimistic, sarcastic <laughs> one who covers this show. Um, but let's talk about Katie season. I am very excited because it's finally getting Bachelor back on our screen. What can you tell me about the ages and the states and, the, and some of the fun data about Katie's guys? Okay, so I think ages are, it's probably one of the most fascinating, fascinating things that I've found about Katie's season. Okay. So if you look at all the previous Bachelorettes, Actually, let's take a step back. Bachelorette versus bachelors. Uh -huh. Bachelorette casting tends to be older, whereas bachelor casting, so casting a ton of women, seems to be younger. Now, for Katie's season, she's the fourth oldest bachelorette that we've ever had, At which 30? is interesting because she's my age. I'm 30. That's right? sad. 
Yeah. And the bachelorette leads, leads they actually track, they, they trend pretty low. Um, so she's the fourth oldest bachelorette at the age of 30, but her cast is the fourth youngest of all the men that we've ever seen for The Bachelorette. Wow. That's and, ever? Yeah, ever, since Trista's season. Damn. And then if you look overall at her cast, the average age sits at 28, which is two years younger than her, which I find interesting because I feel like ever since we were kids, the thing that you hear is, well, girls always date older guys because we're more mature. So I find that super interesting how they casted them younger. But here's what I find most interesting is it does age matter, right? So I want to look at actual data because we can't compare bachelor, bachelorette worlds to our world because it's very different. Um, If you look at Claire, she was the oldest bachelorette and her winner was also one of the older contestants that we've seen of winners. And then Hannah, who was the youngest lead with the youngest cast, and the youngest top 10, top four also had the youngest winner. Okay. And then if you look at season two or season 12, where JoJo was, that's kind of like the pre, you know, there was kind of a shift for a while there that feels a little more recent. Mm-hmm. Casting was normally younger than the leads. So in early years of The Bachelorette, casting younger leads, but older casts and older winners, it's now after since Rachel and on it's now like the leads are all jumping around and the ages are just kind of all staying younger interesting I mean it always feels like the contestants are getting younger and younger so I guess that's we're not making that up (laughs) yeah and that's the thing I I love this data because it makes me feel like whenever I'm watching this I'm like am I getting old I'm only 30 but they feel so young it's it is true it's backed by data (laughs) <laughs> but okay, so Katie's 30, 28 is her average. So that's not crazy. That's like acceptable for sure. But it is interesting that her average guys are younger than her overall. Yeah. No. Okay. And I think, I mean, it goes to say, I've always say, you know, the bachelorettes technically have more success than the bachelors. And I think if they are tending to be older also, that would make sense. Yes. Yeah. And I think also if you look at like first impression roses, the bachelorette leads, the girls choose right more than the guys choose. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of data there that backs that women leads do a better job on the show. If the goal is to find your true love. Also true. What are we watching for is a whole other discussion. <laughs> um, what about their states? Like where, where, what are we, we, I feel like we had a lot of New Jersey, California, but that was just me glancing at it. Yeah. So The highest states, like if we look overall ever since season one of Bachelorette, um, the highest states that we've ever seen are California, Texas, Illinois, Florida, New York. So I was curious when it comes to states, does that compare to like the population, right? Because obviously we have more chances of somebody being from California or Texas than Massachusetts because we just don't have a ton of people out here and land. Um, So the most populated states are California, Texas, Florida, New York, and Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania trends pretty low when you look at um, like everybody who's been on the show. And interesting enough, there have actually been six states that have never been represented on The Bachelorette. Oh my God, what are they? All the years. Arkansas. (laughs) I thought Raven wasn't from Arkansas. 
but it's hometown is what they share with us. Oh, okay. But she was also on Bachelor. She wasn't on Bachelorette. Okay. So Arkansas, Delaware, Maine, Nebraska, New Hampshire, and Wyoming. Interesting. I've never had anybody on The Bachelorette. Wow, on The Bachelorette specifically. Wow, that's so interesting. You're blowing my mind right now. But disproportionately, so if you look at like the percentage of how many human beings live in each state, and you look at that percentage compared to like the casting of the show, the production really likes to choose people from California, Colorado, Illinois, and Massachusetts. Massachusetts, we're actually very overrepresented on the show. But wow. Katie Smith, California, leading the pack, number one right now. Um, this season, actually, over half of the guys are from five states. California, Florida, Illinois, New Jersey, and Texas. Interesting. Five, five states. I wonder if they go back to the states they find success at, like with the casting. I mean, I guess that would make sense if they have a good setup there when they do like the open casting calls or if people yeah. know people. And also it's a trend because it's like you're recommending people. That makes sense. But it's just very interesting because I've never thought about it like that. With like TN Raven, for example. And I feel right. like it's the same way with like Texas. I know Texas is a big casting place that it's always like promoted. Um, tons of people from Dallas. Um, not a ton of people from Austin. Um, the other thing that I found interesting is um, for if you look at contestants that are their hometown is the capital of a state, it's like none of the contestants. So on The Bachelorette ever, since Trista's season, only 8% of contestants have been from a state capital. Like, that is, Austin. So, that is so random, but I feel like something like a fun party trick we can whip out. Yeah. Hey, if anybody is planning trivia, listening to this, I got you. Yeah, wow. What a, this is fascinating. You're blowing my mind. Um, what about their Instagram followers? Who is already thirsting out and gonna have, have a bunch of followers already for us to keep an eye on. Okay. So number one, by far, he leads the pack is Carl. Okay. Um, and the reason why he's leading the pack actually might do with Claire because I don't know if you remember, but the week of the shutdown, you know, like when the NBA shut down and then school started shutting down and it was a very rough time for us educators yes. <laughs> and a lot of people in the world that uh -huh. week, they put out Claire's contestants on Instagram I think it was like Monday or Friday before they were supposed to start filming. Carl was one of the people who was on that list and then ended up being cut during the pandemic and actual filming in the fall. So there's some speculation around that. I, didn't, I wasn't tracking anything during about six months of the shutdown. But when I started tracking him again, when they released her list, he had popped up to like 39,000 followers and now he's at around 40. See, um, I always wait to follow them until after I meet them on the show. I'm not one of those people who follows them <laughs> pre-show, so it's blowing my mind that that many people followed him because he was almost on Claire slash Tasha's season. Well, I can't say anything because I start tracking them the second that word starts to get out. <laughs> well, that's your that's your side hustle. It's your job. I and I mean, technically, I guess it's my job too. But I, I like to wait and see how I feel about them, and if I really like them or I really hate them, that's when I follow them. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I do the same thing. I don't love to like dig into the contestants because then I feel like I create this preconceived notion. But it is interesting to see, you know, right now there's, there's about really just two people with a ton or three people with a ton of followers. And that's Carl, Cody Menk, and Brand Brendan Quinn. Okay. They, Cody has 10,000 followers and Brendan has 9,000. 
But what I was more interested in was, okay, so they also did the same thing on Facebook this year. They put all the people out and then they ended up cutting some that didn't make it to the final cast that was announced. I wanted to know from that day through today, who had the biggest growth in that time? Because there's a lot of speculation, right? People are starting to slew. There's all the Instagram accounts. Everybody's talking about what might be going on. And the biggest gains have actually been number one, Greg Grippo has gained 2,000 followers. Justin Glaze, 1,000 followers. And then John, I might say his last name wrong, Hersey, 800 followers. And then from then down, it's just like a couple hundred. So might have something to keep an eye out on, but we'll see. How many people are just thirsting all over them? Right, like maybe they're the hottest or maybe, you know, Reality Steve is uh, suggesting something. I don't know. That's so interesting. What about Katie's following? Because I overall, like the leads, Hannah Brown, is she still the most followed lead of all time? She is. Okay. Yeah. So Katie, when she was first announced in October, pre-Matt season started, so that first Facebook drop, she had 18,000 followers. So she kind of had a decent following. I think she was like, um, quote unquote, TikTok famous. I think so. And that's kind of one of the next steps for us to start tracking is TikTok. Um, I'm still learning how to use it. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. (laughs) So that was October. And then by the time the premiere started, she was at 21,000. So she gained about 3,000 between the announcement. Then between January and when she had her first one-on-one date, which actually happened to be when she was eliminated, um, she went from yeah January the first week to the first week of February. She went to two hundred fifty-five thousand followers. Wow! And that was also around the same time that a lot of rumors started about her being rumored to be the next Bachelorette. And I think it was Reality Steve who said that too. Um, but she was a fan favorite on the show, and we saw her. She was, you know, standing up for different people in the house. You know, she was she was definitely you know a prominent character. Um, the week after she was eliminated on the one-on-one date, she grew from six or 263,000 to 400,000 followers. So people clearly liked her when she left. And then after she was officially announced as Bachelorette with Michelle, she went from 450,000, she grew 100,000 followers in like a week. I mean, you can't deny the desire to be on this show for a career at this point that's crazy because it's like even if you didn't necessarily want her to be the bachelorette there's that the fact that she got to that number before her solo season even aired just based on like announcements is crazy to me yeah and I think it's also really interesting because I think there's such a shift that's happened over the last like five or six years where so many people used to mock people for going on the show to like become influencers and whatnot and it's like they're laughing their way to the bank because they can like Hannah Brown, she hardly does any ads. And I'm sure when she does, she's asking for tens of thousands of dollars, you know, and it's, it's a real career, but they also have to, you know, they have to go on the show and and put themselves at risk of getting a very bad edit or Mm. very negative stuff coming out about them in the world that could really destroy their lives. If you have this handy, who are the other like most followed leads or personalities? Yeah, so right now, um, we have four people in the, I call it the 2 million plus club. So it's people with at least 2 million followers. Hannah Brown leads the pack. She has 2.6 million, but she actually peaked in 2020 with 2.8 million. That being said, when you hit this many followers, it's really common to drop. 
you know, it's like you don't gain all the time. Mm. Um, and then after Hannah, it's Jojo. And Jojo actually passed Tyler, or he lost enough followers that he went behind Jojo. Um, he used to be second most followed in December of last year. And then Colton's in fourth, but there is some speculation around his follower counts during the time that he was absent from social media. Wow. Okay. That's so interesting that most you would think it would be all leads, but Tyler Cameron, cause he's just that beautiful popped up <laughs> in there. Wow. Yeah. And he's retaining his followers, but I think what's super interesting is if you look at the top 10 or even the top hundred, just the top 10, seven out of 10 are all women. And then if you go down to the top 100, they're all primarily women as well. I guess, I mean, women are better on Instagram, essentially, yeah. but you'd think someone like Tyler, that's, that's, that's interesting to me. Or also when like Hannah and Tyler were quarantining together, I'm sure that was like a big, their engagement rate must've been insane. It, it was like, I came back to, to tracking Instagram followers. Cause I, this was like, schools were shut down and yeah. things were Keep. tough for us. And I was like, what happened to these two? And then here I am like reading up on Reddit about this like quarantine crew. And I was yes. like, well, this is perfect because everybody wanted them together. So of course they're going to fall. So that, that's another interesting thing that I've been trying to quantify since I started tracking this all is why do people want to be followed, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or why do people want to go follow people? And obviously women, there's a ton of incentives there because we are all women. The people who watch the show are primarily women. So you are going to want to watch people that you either have something that you relate to in their lifestyles you appreciate something about them that they do, be it their hair, their makeup, I don't know, their fitness, like Crystal, and you want to follow them for that. And then you look at guys and you're like, well, why would women want to go after guys, right? And it's not like the majority of guys are not, not attractive on this show, but, you know, it, it takes a lot for a guy to get a big following. That is so interesting to me. Um, also, we go on, you know, who gets followers and why. I think sometimes people lose followers if they're involved in controversy, but sometimes they gain them because everyone wants to see them, quote, break their silence and that whole thing. And I just wanted to bring up Rachel really quick because I noticed this past week that her following went up a little bit with those photos of her and Matt out together. Did you see that? Yes. So she's one of the few that I've actually tracked every single day since her like before her season and it just happened that the controversy started during her season so I was like great I'll just keep tracking it um since I started tracking her on December 30th of 2020 okay yep there have only been three days that she has not gone up in her total followers wow because obviously there's an offset right like I might unfollow her but there might be other people following her that Mm -hmm. offset my my unfollow there's only been three days that she's gone negative since December of last year. And that's not normal. Normally after a season ends, even with like Peter Kelly drama or Peter Kelly, Maddie, Hannah, Ann, people were losing after their season ends because it's hard to retain people while also growing yeah. um, to offset the people who are leaving. So for her, it, there were a lot of rumors when, the season started that she was not only final four, but possibly the winner, which led to a lot of the reasons why stuff came out on her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people were digging into her past and other people's. Yeah. Um, her biggest growth day to date, like the most followers she's gained was actually after her one-on-one date. But a week later is when the extra interview happened. So, you know, if you want to say, was it 
you know, the chicken or the egg was probably a little bit of both. Um, and there's also a lot of people, like you said, whenever there's controversy, you follow because you it's like rubbernecking in traffic. You want to see what's going to happen next. You want to set the alerts to see as soon as they post a story or post, you get an alert. But yeah, so after that interview happened, uh, her daily growth rates, it increased significantly. So she was already growing pretty heavily. Um, and then since the finale, anytime there's a major news story around them, you can see it in her follower growth. So she's been gaining every day, like a couple hundred. But then, you know, when there was the whole story about somebody in Matt's past getting a message from him when he was talking to Rachel, you know, then you see like 10,000, 12,000 followers. Um, but what's interesting is trying to quantify exactly what's coming out because there's a lot that comes out on Reddit. You know, there's a lot that comes out on you know, the different Instagram accounts these days. And the things that have seemed to make a big impact are like Matt going on Chicks in the Office and talking mm -hmm. about, you know, what happened between them and her having to give him an ultimatum. That led to crazy growth for her. Um, same thing with the Reality Steve news story, but not always on Reddit. You know, the first time that there were pictures of them in New York, was their Instagram growth. It's when it really starts to get picked up by news stories. Yeah, I mean, the mainstream media, we have some power, which is comes power, comes great responsibility sometimes um, in trying to verify things. Because obviously now it's crazy that anyone with a TikTok or an Instagram can also accuse someone of something. So you don't want to yes. jump on it. And that's why it takes a minute sometimes for the mainstream media to catch up to something like a Reddit or Reality Steve and people think it's like we're ignoring it. But it's like, no, there's like a process to be taken here before exactly. you say something about someone and affect them. But it's crazy because it's horrible. You don't wish, you know, controversy on someone. But at the end of the day, they might benefit if they, you know, if they, it's something they can get over and mm -hmm. work. I mean, because people are watching. It's backwards, but it's what we do as a society. And it's not, it's not just you guys and your credibility with reporting, but it's also... I think a lot of people forget that, yes, they're signing away all their rights, but these are also people, people. and you, you can't just post something completely ripping them apart because it's like, you need to make sure that your sources are legit. Absolutely. Um, before I let you go, this is so fascinating. Before I let you go, I just want to touch on the clothes, something fun and light. Obviously, I had took much a lot of umbrage with that purple skirt they put Katie in, which I should be talking to her soon and we'll ask her about. But I love the red dress. And I feel like you'd think red would be a really popular bachelor couple, but I, I it seems to be white or silver. Yeah. So Katie's actually the first lead to wear red on the first night. That's shocking to me. Out of, Since Trista first one um and not only just red but she's the first one to wear like actual color on night one so every single leads worn either silver or gray black or like a brown gold kind of combination or white so out of all those colors the one that comes in first is like a silver gray dress color and that's been most popular since season seven through claire um, so five bachelorettes have actually worn silver or gray, which is a third of them. Wow. I wonder if <laughs> the stylist changed. Yeah. And yeah, I think it did change around that time, like halfway through yeah. the, the history. And then next up is a gold brown color. So everything from like Tasha to, we've seen a lot of like beautiful gold outfits. I think Jojo had like a goldish pink one. Um, and then white has been most popular in recent years with three people wearing them like Becca. I know how to study one Rachel as well. 
And then black dresses trended mainly early on in the mm. bachelorette year. So seasons one, two, and then Ali Fidatowski. Wow, that's so interesting. I feel like white, it's, it could go either way because it's like, are they trying to lean into the bridal thing or are they trying to, or is the girl maybe like, all right, like, let's save this for that. <laughs> but I can't believe red is the first time. I feel like that's like the rose red, like that would be a given. Yeah. And then after the premiere too, I'm going to have this new graphic available that's going to show uh, the men outfits that's never been analyzed. So the suit color, the tie, the bow tie, the undershirt color. There's some very interesting trends there. Wow, this has been so fascinating. Thank you so much. Keep, keep crunching the numbers. We will be following. I can't wait to see after Katie's premiere how any of this changes and if, we, we, if she finds success, if how she'll affect the numbers on the successful couples and the ages and, and all of that. Well, I'll be analyzing it. And I will be watching. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Here for the Right Reasons. Don't forget to leave us five stars and come back every Tuesday and Friday for more Bachelor breakdowns, interviews, and all things Bachelor Nation. Bye.